From here on Earth 616 to the multiverse, this is the Marvel Guys Podcast. Your number one source for everything Marvel. Reviews, characters, comic books, new releases. It's all right here. Now, let's welcome your hosts, Jordan and Spencer. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Marvel Guys Podcast. As always, my name is Jordan, and I am your host. On my left is my co-host, Spencer. How are we doing? What up, what up? We are doing uh, pretty good. This was a great week. It was. At least for She-Hulk. It was. Yeah. She-Hulk episode two is the topic at hand, and we have gotten off to a very interesting start. This was quite a short episode. I mean, we even with the extended uh, you know credits that we get in Marvel, it only exceeded thirty minutes barely. Uh, so this has been pretty short episode so far. I think the last one was about like 35, 30, 38, somewhere around there, and uh, the second one barely got to the twenty five minute marker for you know the full uh, episode, mm-hmm. uh, and then we got those those Disney credits. But yeah, it's been. It's been interesting how they're going about it. I guess what that would tell me is that they had six stories to tell and that the amount of time they needed to tell that story was the amount of time that they used, but they didn't force extra minutes into one episode uh, just to do it. So honestly, I don't think this being short will impact any of the other episodes. They could be short. They could be long. It just seems to be what they're going with for now. Yeah, and it almost just feels like, um, I don't know, it just feels like they're just being honest. You know what I mean? At least I kind of see it that way. Like, they don't really, there's no real, like, rhyme or reason for it, but it's like, you know what? This episode works, you know? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a very short episode, but they accomplish a lot of things in this episode. There's a lot of things going on in the background that are like, whoa. Like, we get acknowledgement early on, like, I would say probably halfway through this episode or something like that, that like what we've all been talking about with the eternal stuff immediately is like, Oh, there it is. Like there's an online article or something there, an ad for it that shows like people are talking about the statue that's like randomly there now on the planet. They have no idea that that's like, you know, uh, eternal that was like being born. They just, they're just like, what is this thing in the middle of the ocean now? And we'd all kind of been waiting for this. Like, we, like we've like we seen how many movies and shows since Eternals, and not a single soul has talked about it. And boom, it's just there, right there. There you go. Like, that's just one a little example of something that was in this episode that caught my eye. So Yeah, we, we had some, some strides taken in this storyline, and I think an argument to be made that there was a lot more... Um, anecdotes that we saw or experienced outside of this episode or outside of the main storyline of She-Hulk uh, mm-hmm. that are going to contribute moving forward. But this episode really at its heart got us from point A to point B with point A really being the introduction of She-Hulk here or, or Jennifer Walters um, to put it a little bit better. The first episode focused mainly on her relationship with the Hulk and coming to terms with becoming She-Hulk. And we we thought, or at least I thought for sure that uh, the Hulk had kind of made his mark in the episodes and was uh, going to go farewell. But we got a little bit more of him, um, this time over the phone. So I, I guess in person, yeah, he, he was done. But 
Uh, he had a conversation with her over the phone. And in this episode, we got to see Jennifer go from kind of top of the world from the outside looking in. Everybody thinks, wow, there's this new superhero, but she's like, I don't want to be a superhero. And then she finally is like, all right, whatever, I'll be what they want me to be. And then she loses her job. And that brings her right back down to a place where a lot of people can relate in the real world. Uh, And she asks some of the questions that we often think of that are maybe not that exciting, but do Avengers get healthcare? Like, do they um, get time off if they have a child? You know, like, what's their paid leave? What's what's the situation with being a superhero? And so she's coming at it from a real human perspective of, yo, just last week or really just a couple days ago, I was trying to, you know, further my career and and start something that I've been working my entire life to to become, and now I'm being forced out of it all because of you know a cut. Mm-hmm. And it's very unfair for sure. Um, but it's just kind of how. I don't want to be that guy that says this, but it is kind of how like life works in a way, like for a lot of people, just when things get to like start, you get into a pretty good place. Mm -hmm. You take a Tyson left hook, you know, something comes out of the blue that can derail your career or uh, just completely extinguish that fire that's within you when you're, getting into that career job or whatever it is and uh it's heartbreaking man um but i do i do like how they've kind of changed the like they turned they changed the 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 story with her now like being embraced as a hulk like oh you know you you you're fired and you're not you know no one's going to want you now but there is still a little section of being a superhero that's never been explored and that's like what happens when superheroes are being tried for something you know like if you do have a hulk event and he goes off the hinges and destroys and flattens an entire city like he's got to take you know he's definitely going to face some charges for that regardless if he's a hero or not what is the accountability right and I mean, this is something that goes back to Civil War. Especially, yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely a role that's been needed. Um, but it's such an interesting one, is it not? Like, Yeah, and the, I wonder if uh, in that blip time, maybe Tony Stark drafted up some documents with the government to try to implement a system that would kind of spell out how to regulate the the superheroes in a more fair way than the original Sokovia Accords, um, you know, did because I know that was the that was the determining factor between uh, the two sides was how much regulation should there be, what should we what should we be responsible for, and I think all of them admit they need to be held accountable. They just didn't like the way that it was being done. Mm-hmm. So I wonder when half the world disappeared if they went okay we really got to figure something out here. And I don't know if there's something that's already there or if maybe it was never done and now they're stuck in this place where there is no representation legally for these people and that's why Jennifer is is needed. Well, you have to look at it too. Like, who were the people that were trying to force these laws upon them? It was humans, right? So 
led by Ross too, which yeah. is closely, you know, associated with the Hulk, which we have not seen addressed yet in the series so far. Exactly. But um yeah, you can't have you can't have humans making laws for superheroes. That's just not going to work because those same rules just don't apply, especially when you get into a universal war with Thanos. Like the all of those rules go right out the window mm-hmm. when you're dealing with Thanos. And I think that I maybe that's how that goes. Like maybe Tony did do some stuff. Um part of me thinks not. Part of me thinks that he was just drinking and trying to forget everything. And and he wasn't doing that. He's spending time with his family and yeah. you know, being very you know, fortunate. But um this is a very interesting situation now because now you're going to have, hopefully, uh, moments where Jennifer Walters is approached by the TVA or something along those lines where hmm. she is the representative of all heroes um, and potentially some villains, too. I mean, you could get well, her... Her first one is a villain, so... Yeah. Blonsky is... Definitely a villain. Um, and isn't that a weird thing? Like, we kind of, like, Who's start to get layers peeled back to him as well yeah. in this episode. That he was, was the really first cool. supervillain of the MCU, too. You know? We yeah, had a absolutely. villain in Iron Man, but he was the first supervillain. Absolutely. And once again, you can talk all the crap you want about the Hulk movie. The fact that that character has lasted as long as it has kind of speaks to it that the Hulk wasn't that bad of a movie. I think it's come all the way around that yeah. it's become so, like, uh, Norton has become, like, iconized in the MCU as, like, oh, he didn't follow the 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 crowd or something, and everybody hates Ruffalo because of that. Um, mm. Where I think mainstream, everybody's like, no, Ruffalo's pretty good, and, you know, I enjoy him being that. But the problem really is that people judge the actors based on the movies they were given. Mm-hmm. And Ruffalo has not been given the Incredible Hulk. He's been given Bruce Banner that yeah. appears as the Hulk sometimes. So, yeah, I think the the movie itself was, was pretty decent. You know, when we rewatched it, I think it was very solid. And, uh, you know, Norton, they obviously made the joke in this episode. He played his role, and Mark Ruffalo has played his role. Yeah, I think I think you're right in that. You know, the Norton Hulk was is being like more regarded now. People are really not liking the Ruffalo Hulk. Um but like you said, we were kind of robbed of Ruffalo having his own movie. Right. Which I think if we get that and once again speaking to this episode could change. That's a good setup. That's a really good setup. Him going back to Sakar, that's that could set up like a World War Hulk. I could set up like a savage Hulk or something like that. It's something where he's so. apart from the main heroes yeah. by himself this time. And unless Thor and Loki, you know, get sent back to Sakaar, there's really nobody else with ties to, to Sakaar and Valkyrie, you know, but they all have their own storylines going on. Yeah. And if anybody's like, wait, what do you mean Sakaar? How do you know that? Um, in the first episode, Hulk was saying that the the ship was a Sakarian ship. So uh, we, we assumed that that was the same ship. I mean, that's... Mm-hmm. That would make common sense, and that he would be uh, being taken back to Sakar by 
Sakar people. So for that, for what reason, we don't really know, but we do know from what we can infer, he was the champion there for quite a while. He became really the the most popular man on that planet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was a, a takeover of of power because the Grandmaster lost his title and was killed, we think. Or, you know, he's the Grandmaster, so maybe he just dissolved a into a separate yeah. energy somewhere. Yeah. But, because um, his power is pretty crazy. But uh, the Hulk goes back there. It's like, you know, J.J. Reddick going back to Duke or something. It's mm-hmm. You always have that power and that... Uh, yearning over so maybe they are uh they are absent a leader and they go hey remember that guy that was awesome at fighting he's really smart now too like let's let's go get him so i mean i think my mind goes straight to they want him to lead their country or their world i should say uh forward and that does lead to some very interesting possibilities a few things that i'd like to point out though that i think are going to be a very big theme going forward for that character uh, in the first episode, he gets like run over by Jin in a car. And we're talking about a Hulk that stopped one of those big Thanos army things, whatever the Chitari big, uh, you know what I'm talking about, the big beast in the sky. Just stop it with one punch, right? Mm-hmm. I think he's going back to Sakar for his own ego. Like, one part of it is that he's going back for his own ego because he's like, oh, they've got people that they fight on that planet. Like, I need to get back. I need to tap into that anger side a little more because maybe I am slipping. Like, maybe I am getting a little weaker, you know? Uh, And also, yeah, it's like, well, I've merged, like, the smart part of myself with this body now. So maybe I can actually help this civilization too because they are absent a leader or possibly absent of a leader. Um, and if the Grandmaster, the third thing is if the Grandmaster is alive, he's going to want his champion back. Mm-hmm. So And it could get them get him back into the good graces of the Sakarians if he was like, no, 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 keep me in power. Remember our friend Hulk? I'll go get him from the Earth, you know? Yeah, exactly. So... I think those are three things to, that I would definitely look forward to seeing going forward. But, um, man, what an incredible episode for being so short. It's good timing because we've heard a lot about World War Hulk recently. And we've heard, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you've seen the nobody knows what to believe. And I'm not sure where to find the exact details of these things. I don't know if they're confidential or you can find them, you know. John McAfee maybe accessed them at some point. I have no clue. Uh, but Universal owned and is supposed to have owned now to this day distribution rights for Hulk solo movies, and that's why they didn't do it. Uh, is there exp- expiration date that has already passed or is coming up? I'm not exactly sure, but there are rumors of that. Um, would Marvel finally be willing to just bite the bullet and not get the spoils of a Hulk movie you know, I don't know which way they want to go uh, with that, but could they, you know, get somebody in that Hulk movie as well? And instead of calling it World War Hulk, just act the storyline out um, in somebody else's movie? Maybe. Uh, I don't know. But it is really interesting that we've started to hear that they may announce a Hulk movie at, uh, what, in September or October, whenever the yeah. convention is. 
Um, And now we're seeing this little piece of, you know, there was an earthquake off the coast of Africa, that kind of a thing, you know, but uh, I I really like to, to see those, those little opportunities come because the payoff can be, be pretty cool. For sure. And I think that it, I mean, I'm just going to say it now. I mean, we're two episodes in. This has been very fun. Mm -hmm. This has been much better than I anticipated it being. And it wasn't that I didn't anticipate it being good. I think anything that Marvel does now, there's an expectation that it'll be at least like, oh, that's pretty decent. Uh, But this is, like like we said, this is a 25-minute episode all included it's pretty packed but it's just chocked full of information you didn't even know you needed Mm -hmm. and they are just knocking it out of the park with this thing so like even if next week's episode is like 30 minutes i'm probably not gonna feel too bad about it because that's gonna be 30 minutes of pretty good quality content and uh man it just um yeah, they're doing a great job. They're setting things up. Um, as far as She-Hulk goes, I mean, it's we're still in the budding stages, which is cool. You are getting a lot. Um, things are changing. It's going to be interesting to see where the dynamic goes with her and Blonsky. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to see what the freaking courtroom is going to look like. Because you're going to have her a potential nomination. <laughs> yeah. You're going to have her in her She-Hulk form, you know. Uh Probably another appearance of Titania, right? You know, I mean, you would almost expect it at this point. Um, you know what it's going to look like? Monsters University. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's what it's going to look like. And they got the rights for that. People they come totally and do that. Like Men in Black when they're there in the, uh, yeah. the customs area. <laughs> yeah. All the yeah. aliens that are coming to Earth. Yeah, for sure. Oh, man, that's going to be crazy. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just excited to see where this goes. I mean, we still are waiting on two pretty big characters debuting in this show. Well, one kind of like a re-debut and then the other an actual debut. Um, so, man, I'm excited. I'm very excited. Wong got his money. Wong yeah. appeared again. He keeps his streak <laughs> of appearing in shows. That's pretty impressive. Um, yeah, it, it's it's been interesting so far. And, of course, she, she had a discussion with Blonsky and uh basically she decides okay he has some legitimate points and he sounds very similar to you know the um i can't think of his name right now but the the older captain america from uh falcon and the winter soldier and you know how the government will take advantage of you and experiment on you for the betterment of their programs and then kind of just throw you away yeah and instead of letting him live out his life in like isolation in Baltimore, uh, in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, they've decided to lock uh, Blonsky up because he really is just a terrifying beast when he gets angry. So he, he's he got a shot here uh, at winning this case. And my curiosity is, does this case be like, is this case tried in the public or is it behind the scenes with purely superhero eyes on it? Because uh, you, you mentioned that People shouldn't be making rules for superheroes. Yeah. I would also argue that superheroes don't know what's best for superheroes because what we saw in Thor is that a court full of heroes 
are too ignorant to realize the uh, importance of their decisions that is cast upon millions of people that they or billions and trillions of people that they don't associate with on an everyday basis. Therefore, they think their needs are inferior. So it's really, really this middle ground of, okay, who does decide what's best for people? Do, do they get a jury of their peers? What is a peer? You know? Right. Right. So there's a lot of questions that go into this whole courtroom situation. And yeah, wondering what Titania's role is moving forward. She's in this, she's an influencer. That's her, her, her type of, if she was a Pokemon, I guess her Pokemon type would be influencer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I don't know. We'll get some answers moving forward, but this, this show has taken some interesting turns. It definitely has. And I think that it's, once again, it's just one of those weird situations that we just never really i guess expected to see in the mcu is you know yeah like how does law work when it comes to superheroes um and i think you're definitely right like yes humans shouldn't be able to make these rules for heroes but heroes also can't just be making their own rules because then it's swayed the other way you have to have a middle ground and yeah. How you achieve that middle ground is going to be very interesting because, I mean, we see it every day in our own country, right? It's hard to have a middle ground, right? especially on certain topics. Um, I mean, on certain topics, there's just really no such thing as a middle ground. But, uh, man, what, a, what an interesting concept and what an interesting almost like can of worms that has now been opened in the MCU. Um, the two characters I was talking about earlier, one of them being Daredevil, Matt Murdock Daredevil specifically, that's like, that's going to be interesting. We know that this place, like the setting for the show is in California. Um, so like, why is he even there? You know, like maybe it's like legal advice. Maybe he's part of the legal team now in LA. Um, we're not really sure yet. Um, we're not even, this is the thing that I think is really slept on with this. We still don't have a mapped out timeline in the MCU right, right now. Like we're getting all these little pieces, you know, we get at the end of the episode, we get abomination being broken out by Wong. Right. So we know now, oh, okay. So this is going on while Shang-Chi is going on. But what does that mean for Daredevil? We don't even know because the Daredevil show is not even going to be out yet. So it's like when he comes into the fray, is he working for this law firm that she's now working for too? You know, like was yeah. he sent at the time of him debuting in this show? Will that be him coming back from helping Peter Parker? Or will he pop up in this show and then go help Peter Parker? Like, we don't know what this timeline is. This is going to be crazy to, like, try to decipher and unravel is, like, exactly when are these things all taking place? Because if we go back and we look back at the Infinity Saga, everything was pretty detailed. Mm -hmm. Everything was pretty, like, mapped out. It was very streamlined. It was very, like, they're kind of holding your hand, walking you through it. It makes sense, especially if you watch it in timeline order. But this is crazy. Like, we're still trying to figure things out. So, um, yeah, I, I'm very thrilled to see what we're going to to have in the next few weeks 
because we know it's coming. So that's always something to look forward to. Yeah, and what's even better, honestly, is that we don't know what's coming really at all. I mean, at this point, the no. storyline has so many different avenues it can go. And I remember when we were at uh, at, at of the end of episode two of Miss Marvel, we were like, well, there's really no like antagonist yet. There's mm-hmm. no clearly defined bad guy or you know hard situation and we're at that point where okay we thought maybe the hard situation was she wasn't gonna be able to find a job and then like 30 seconds later on the television show she gets a job um and then now her uh, her issue is okay well there's conflict between my cousin and my potential client and it's like no that's solved um and then now we see abomination is her client and blonsky is is her client and now he's on TV, and so she has to deal with the drawbacks, but is she going to fix that right away? Is that, you know, is the the case, like her potentially winning a case uh, in the final episode, is that enough of a climax, or is there a fight where Daredevil comes in to play? Is it is he just there for the legal side? Is he going to be fighting? There's so many questions to be answered, and I don't know. It's all It's all really important, but as of now, we're just kind of enjoying a drama, law, comedy, you know, for a few episodes. So I don't know. Do you have, do you have an idea of where you think this one's going? Man, I have no idea. Yeah. I have no idea. I'm really just like, really just riding this one out, man. This yeah. is a very fun show for me. Um, Like I really enjoyed the process of just kind of seeing where it goes because like you said, it's so unexpected that in a Marvel series or movie, you're hit with a question and it's immediately answered like it's very i like seriously i can't go back and remember shows or movies where this has happened maybe loki i mean maybe that happened once or twice in that show but i can't really remember at the moment but so yeah and and like you said just like with miss marvel it's like where what is this direction and what is this climax of this show gonna be? Because if right now, like you said, if the climax is like, you know, her winning a case and stuff like that, that's all fine and dandy, but what's the point of like what are they doing with Daredevil? Like this is a huge cameo. Like this isn't something to be taken lightly. This is huge cameo to bring in somebody like Daredevil. So there's got to be something that's like going on outside the courtroom that gets most of the attention and maybe like episode four or maybe episode five. Maybe that's where you, those things are starting to come through. Um, and maybe we see those like seeds planted next week in episode three. Like maybe she starts working on the case a lot, uh, realizes that there's some stuff going on outside of the courtroom that need to be addressed and starts investigating on her own as She-Hulk. And that's where things kind of take that turn into uh, where it goes, which, oddly enough, resembles what TV show? Daredevil. So, yeah, I, I, th- I, I kind of, I hope that it's kind of like that, just because that's a style that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's the only thing that I can see going forward right now but i think that that's totally fine well one thing i do know moving forward is that we will be covering each and every episode so uh, i hope you're enjoying our discussions on this we always try to 
cover uh, you know the scenes and and the idea and the mood of the episode, but also think as as abstractly as we can uh, from a a you know, viewer's perspective and somebody who has some sort of critical analysis, but coming at it with with a fun um, you know mindset uh, that hopefully you're having a good time with it. So uh, we appreciate you guys you know joining us each and every week for this. If you want uh, to hear all the episodes, you certainly can look us up at the Marvel Guys Podcast on really all podcasting platforms. You can reach us at the Marvel Guys Podcast uh, on Facebook and Instagram and themarvelguys.com. Uh, we do have merchandise on there if you want to check it out with Halloween coming around. If there's something in an orange and black style that you like, there's one shirt that I, I like for that specifically. Uh, you can check that out. But Hopefully you guys are having a good time with this TV show, and we're uh, we're very happy to have you along for the ride. So we will see you next time. Peace. You've reached the end game of this episode. Thanks for tuning in to the Marvel Guys podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode. For more information or to connect with Jordan and Spencer, check out themarvelguys.com, the Marvel Guys on Twitter, and the Marvel Guys podcast on Facebook and Instagram. We'll see you next time.